So apparently Discord thought it'd be a good idea to uh, add in automatic, what is it, input sensitivity? Yeah. Automatic game control. Yeah. It is uh, a popular program amongst everything from computer microphones to, you know, actual like programs used on your computer to, to record audio to basic like uh, app share programs. It runs passively on most phone systems and on any like old digital phone from like the 90s you know like a home phone not a not a cell phone that's for the for the young people listening that's when your phone only worked when you were within like five feet of your house um i know very bizarre concept but yeah it's it's uh, automatic game control is probably one of the stupidest most aggravating things that anybody who works in sound design has ever dealt with ever it is the bane of most of our existences anybody who streams there's a whole bunch of stuff if you're having a conversation with somebody else it is one of the worst things to have, period. And there's a whole bunch of um, people, let's call them, who have no conception of this being a bad thing in um, in every scenario possible when recording audio. So, yeah. Uh, and they <laughs> yeah. added it automatically to Discord because apparently they can't rub two brain cells together. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I'm just a little annoyed with it. We were having uh, these troubles before we started recording. I just wanted to make sure Saab got uh, all that off his chest because uh, I I too share his anger at this type of feature. Uh, especially, you know, we're both on the spectrum, so when the volume starts to scale, it starts to trigger both of us, and it's not pleasant. Anyway, speaking of not pleasant, let's uh, get into the news. <laughs> I mean, like, look, what? How often is there good news? Uh, whenever you go to seek out the news um although no we actually do have a little bit of good news at the end of the show uh but we'll just have to get through all the uh, big controversies of the day so i'm max that side let's get right into it activision blizzard obviously this controversy is still going on like i said in last week's uh, episode i'm pretty sure this is probably going to end up being the biggest controversy of the year it would take like a meteor strucking strucking is that even a word strucking strucking Uh, It's too late and it's too hot here. Um, It's striking the earth and something like that in regards to gaming for it to overcome what's going on with Activision Blizzard right now. A whole bunch of stuff has come out in the last week or so since we last talked about this. It's not looking good. Um, I'm just going to run down the bullet points and then we'll elaborate on it a little bit. So there's obviously the dev strike uh, people at the company that are walking out to protest the way that Blizzard has been handling the whole situation, particularly the way that people like J. Allen Brack and what's her name, Fran, I can't remember what her name is, and uh, obviously the CEO, Bobby Kodak, just responded to this whole situation with seeming indifference and saying, oh, no, this isn't really happening. This is in regards to stuff that happened years ago and was dealt with properly and, well, apparently not really. Uh, after that, there's, let's see. Oh, we found out tangentially uh, while all this stuff was going on that apparently Blizzard took all of their budget and put it towards Diablo 4 and Overwatch 2, which is why Warcraft 3 apparently turned out, like, reforged, turned out so badly and got the lowest Metacritic ever or something like that. Then there's this whole thing with the Cosby suite and, um, what's his name, Alan... 
Afrasabi, is that what his name is, and how he yeah. got kicked out. So we're going to get into all that right now. Obviously, Saib is more of the expert in regards to all this, you know, his history playing Blizzard games. Saib, uh, aside from all that, is there anything that I missed? And what is the biggest thing that stands out to you that's happened this last week? Well, I mean, there's a little bit more going on. So, you know, the Bobby Kotick hired this uh, third-party uh, um, law firm to... Uh, kind of step in and do a do an internal audit and speak to the employees and yeah that kind of stuff you know really really generous of bobby um you know bobby k you know he's doing such a nice job over there at blizzard and he's uh there's one thing he's really interested in and that's to make sure that there ain't no unions walking around okay so <laughs> we don't want nobody unionizing right now that's that's unacceptable to the bottom line of the family, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, turns out this law firm is famous for uh, busting up unions and, and making sure that they don't form. They use all kinds of all kinds of fun little tactics and and, and um, you know uh, uh, ways of thinking to make sure that uh, that you don't unionize because that's that's not acceptable to the family. You understand? So uh, yeah, that's my uh, my terrible impression of a um, gangster, hmm. and uh, yeah, turns out the third party, you know, company that they they're bringing online to make sure that you know everything's hunky dory. Turns out they're just one of the most advanced and best law firms in the world at preventing you know uh, workforces from unionizing. So much so that uh, a certain Amazon company is employing them right now to prevent Amazon workers from unionizing as well. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's always, uh, there's always an alternate reason why people do things. If you, if you got somebody who loves money so much, like a, like a, a one Mr. Bobby K, um, you just got to assume that everything he does is for the pursuit of more money. So yeah, just, just kind of bear that in mind. He's not interested in, in no unions. I mean, you know, they, they make they make two point two billion dollars a quarter, two point two billion dollars a quarter, and they pay their employees some of the lowest wages in the entire industry. But we can't have them, you know, given more money and you know, making it so that these people don't have to give up their right to to arbitrate cases. Hmm. You know, that He's would be pay for his fourth home in Connecticut. And his seventh yacht with that two hundred million dollar payout, which you totally can't, uh, you know, add on like a, even a dollar raise to the people that are working minimum wage at his company. You know, and uh, for the people who who you say, well, this is this is this is what you know this kind of system gives. No, it's not. Um, it, it, this is a this is an abuse of the current system that we have, um, Mister Ford. The guy who made the basically like popularized the vehicles, the cars and stuff in, in, yeah. in the world, in the entire world, one of the best inventors ever, and he was one of the best businessmen ever. He, unfortunately, he didn't he didn't teach his children and his grandchildren these lessons as good as he should as he should have. But mm. he one of his quotes is like you know, make the best products you can, using the best materials you can, selling it for the cheapest that you can whilst paying the highest wages to your employees that you can. I guess I forgot that fourth part. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, a lot of people have forgotten that fourth part, and that is that is a core tenant to uh, proper capitalism. Yeah. Um, so just, yeah, just bear that in mind. 
So whenever you see these greedy, um, these greedy corporations walk around, it's like there's a couple things they do wrong, and you know that this is like greed, like hardcore greed. Hardcore greed is when you don't put money away for a rainy day tomorrow, which is just, I mean, that's one of the most basic things you need to do to earn and like maintain wealth is to always know that you're not always the best bottom line every, every year. And so, you know, if you, if you see somebody doing that, which Bobby does, um, yeah, that's, that's not somebody who's, that's not a smart person for, for running a company in the long term. You know, that's, that's just, that's just getting the highest bottom line every quarter uh, until you until you literally sap the company dry and it just falls over dead. I mean, mm. Blizzard products have reduced in players every year for the last like decade, and somehow their profits keep going up. That means that they're squeezing tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter, and they're finding more and more things to sell you for less and less of, of an actual cost for them to create. Yep. You know? And so it's it's stuff like that that's very disturbing and um, and yeah I mean you know take that as as you will as far as like what you want to do with it so yeah that's 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 the update essentially uh, we are getting more confirmed reports the thing the uh, the little spicy bit of news I brought you last week a, little, a fair amount of speculation behind it but we're starting to hear more and more uh, people step forward and talk about how large firings where they just fire entire packs of people is actually fairly common. And it targets a lot of, um, a lot of people who talk union, a lot of people who talk about, you know, complaints about, you know, corrupt business dealings, bad supervisors, bad team leaders, you know, abuse at the company. It's just magically all those people's departments tend to just disappear. You know, this is no different than that. Well, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different than what happens in, in you know certain countries where if you if you speak out against the you know the, the ruling party, you and your family disappear. Yeah. And it's like so that way your family is very interested in making sure you don't talk about your your opinions on the on the uh, the glorious uh, leader. You know this this happens quite a bit and it's very sad and it's very annoying and yeah, very angry about it. Not cool. Yeah, well, hopefully, because of the hubbub going on around this and, you know, the way that it's impacting Blizzard's stock right now, and, you know, because of what happened last time with, uh, what's his name, Bobby Kotick barely getting his mm-hmm. $200 million payout, I imagine that with this happening, the next time something like that happens, if it does happen, and it's not going to be anywhere near that. Uh, I imagine, hopefully, what will happen instead is that there will be a vote to oust him and have leadership replaced from the top down. Um, because as much as you know, a lot of people might like to see something like Activision and Blizzard just being burned to the ground, I think it would take a miracle for something like that to happen. Uh, I, But I have no doubt that what's going to result... Uh, and at the end of all this is dramatic changes and hopefully it will be for the better. We, we uh, hope right now, unfortunately, there is some people um, who are trying to usurp this uh, event and more or less take it over and claim it as their, you know, event for their particular group or ideology or what. Oh have God. Um, really? There's a lot of people who are stepping forward. One of the, one of the people, Told me recently uh, that 
you know, that they were talking about, you know, what had happened to them and they were told to, you know, sit down and not talk because, you know, they, it wasn't their turn to talk. Like it was like, not that they were in a sharing circle and, and talking. It's like, look, we've heard enough from your kind. We want to hear from these other people preferentially who aren't necessarily involved in this directly. And that is hypocrisy at the absolute highest. The, the most important thing everybody should be doing right now is should be listening to the people who have something to say about this. Not saying, uh, excuse me, excuse me, no, we've heard enough from your kind. We need to hear from somebody else who's not engaged or involved in the situation at all. Oh, I, I, okay, sorry. For a second, I was like, what the heck are you talking about? But but now I'm starting I, to get I, it. I'm being, unfortunately, I am being a little bit uh, cagey with the news with this because it is it is some stuff that's going on but and and i don't like doing that i don't like being secretive all the time but i just want to say that in any time in any situation when you have a big problem and a lot of people have been hurt and those people who have been directly hurt are trying to talk and trying to to put out their information the least most helpful thing you can do is tell them to sit down and shut up because you don't want to hear from that person right now it's the height of, of hypocrisy. Or mm -hmm. the other thing that happens a lot, and that's people standing up saying, oh, yes, yes, we, we, you know, we need to talk about this. And by talking about this, I mean, obviously, you need to pay attention to what I have to say. Tune into my, my show tomorrow. And, oh, also, uh, uh, make sure you donate to, to this and donate to that. Like, as a regular content creators, that's kind of, you know, that kind of goes without saying. Yeah. But somebody who injects themselves into a situation and you know starts just to, to make it about them you know we and you know and i want to make sure I'm, I'm using this example correctly so i think we can the best example we could probably use is when a bunch of movie stars started um you know talking about how you know how everything was really bad right now but if you turn it tune in and listen to them and what they have to say they'll get you through this <laughs> you know that that's the kind of thing that we do not need right, now. right that's yes the kind of thing that is so selfish and hypocritical and disgusting that it literally makes me sick. Yeah, it makes it me sick too. It literally makes me feel ill when when I hear I'm hearing people who there's a tragedy, a horrible tragedy, and somebody stands up and is like, you know, let's make this all about me. You know, I I want people paying attention to me. You know, uh, the guy who does um, is it the the pitch series uh, on YouTube? He, he has a brilliant video on this where he's like. He's just kind of talking about, you know, being a, a star. He's doing this one one man little bit thing. And it's so funny because it's like the guy becomes a star and then he's like, hey, hey, everybody pay attention to me. And they're like, oh, but there's a fire. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm, go I'm going to sing about the fire because I want I want people to pay attention to me. Imagine like, there's no fire. <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> so that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm talking about directly. I'm not I'm not. Um, I'm not trying to instigate uh, uh, anything else right. about people that that specifically show up and make it about them yeah, as so an individual. Yes, basically, a, sorry, Sai, to interrupt you, but yeah. just for people that might still be confused, let me just put it to you this way. What Sai was trying to say is that every time there is a potential for some sort of power organization to come crumbling down, there's going to be people that want to replace it with something that aligns with their ideological worldview. And some of these people are willing to replace that structure with uh, a structure or an ideology that allows them to exclude people based on 
uh, irrelevant characteristics. That's what Th- Simon's that trying to say. That or just just plain old greedy people who want the atten- who want the star. They they want this. They they want the spotlight. They want to be at the center of the thing. They inject themselves into every conversation yep. as much as possible. They start every conversation with "I, me, my response." I I believe this. We should you know you really should listen to me when I say. It's like we don't want. Like, that's not good. That doesn't help these situations, and that doesn't help the victims. Yes. The thing that helps the victims the most is when the victims actually get to speak about what they went through. Just, guys, when it comes to this particular issue, it's the most simple thing in the world. When it comes to harassment, like the stuff that we've seen that apparently has been happening at Blizzard, everybody should be able to come together and say, no, We there are ways that we can deal with this. We can punish this appropriately uh, within the confines of the law that we have established. Let's just do that and let's not introduce any sort of ideological worldview where we want things to change. Just do the right thing. It's really that simple. Let's be unified over this. Because, come on, I know gamers, we've seen it happen in the past. Gamers, we can come together and do this properly. We don't have to become divided over really trivial stuff. It should be the easiest thing in the world. Let's keep it that way. All right. Uh, so that's about it. Um, it w- was there anything else that you wanted to bring up, Sib? Uh Not a, not about this in, in particular. It's an, it's an evolving situation. Uh, apparently War- World of Warcraft isn't having much work being, developmental work being done on it. Yeah. Um, that's really sad. But at the, at the moment, the story content that has come out recently, this, so there was a patch before all this stuff came out. It dropped and had these preloaded, like saved uh, cutscenes and stuff that, that would happen over the course of the next like couple of weeks. Um, as more and more of these come out, more and more of the gamers are, in some cases, irate with. I mean, people that are that are continuing to play, they're they're a little irate with just the the destruction of their lore within the video game, the destruction of characters and arcs and events and the retconning of things where all of the, you know, 20 years of story, 20 years of, of, of um, buildup was just thrown in a pig pen, you know, yeah. and then dumped on a plate and put in front of people. And it's like, eat up. And it's just, it's, it's, it's absolutely insulting. Because what has people... happened recently, and it keeps getting worse. So right now, I hate to say it, but this is a perfect storm of stuff. There's there's the the allegations, which are terrible, the problems within Blizzard that are terrible. But on top of this, you have you have writers who are writing some of the most sexist garbage stuff I have ever read, and I am frankly at this point I'm sick of it. And and. You know, I, I I really like. I'm waiting for the payoff in the story. I'm waiting for the the you know the the. I'm waiting for something to show up and change this, because right now I'm seeing the destruction of the lore and the destruction of the story, and and treating all of these female characters like they have no agency, like they're not intelligent. They can't see um, what are plainly obvious power plays by the, the, the male villain who's just walking up and, and just uh, controlling them, you know, like, like he's not even trying. It's, yeah. it's like taking candy from a baby. It's, it's, 
It's just like, you know, no, no, this is mine. And, and oh, by the way, you're stupid and you've always been stupid. Ha ha. It's like when you write characters that are constantly weak, constantly unable to act on, you know, what, what a normal situation would be. They're, they're over-emotional. They can't control themselves. I'm sorry, but that's sexist writing. And it doesn't yeah. matter who wrote it. When you have a character who, who cannot learn, cannot grow, who's constantly incapable of, of actually doing a good thing, you're writing a really bad story that has no inherent value. It's just gross. And I'm sick of it. It must be a product of uh, you know what we've been hearing from the lawsuit, which is that a whole bunch of the people that are supposed to be doing their jobs are busy playing Call of Duty Warzone all day, are getting drunk while leaving all the female employees to do all the work. Exactly. Yep. So. And it's been it's been really really terrible. I mean, really terrible. Just everything in in everything in this situation, it just everything just keeps getting worse, and. I mean, I don't know how long they can keep on going with this. Like, like, you know, at the beginning of patch uh, 9.1, which is just, like just over a month ago, I logged in to see that none of my guild members had returned, that none of my my raiders and 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 um, PVP partners, none of my none nobody had come back for it. Mm. That I, I sent a message in Guild that came back, you know, three days later, it was still there. It was still the most recent message. Um, a bunch of my, like, you, you could sign up for, like, these social groups and stuff. Again, checked a bunch of them. I'm, like, l literally the, the only person there. I had to find an entire new raid team. I had to, you know, look around for, for groups. And then just when I started to get back into the swing of it, you know, the all the allegations and all the stuff comes out. And it's been so bad, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't even logged into the game for the last Dude. 10 days yeah like as somebody who used to play world of warcraft i've sort of been intrigued uh, because of all this stuff going on just as to how bad things have really gotten i watched this video of uh, asman golds who you've sort of turned me on to uh, reacting to a video by some guy i think named mad season something uh, yeah mad season yeah yeah and how he's leaving wow and just the way that he described like previously just highly populated servers where people are running around and he he said something about how west they're dead yeah they're, they're dead completely dead it's so sad like i just remember just fondly memories just people random people everywhere you look there are people running by and some of them would stop to help you and it's just it, it was such a wonderful wholesome experience but now it's like it's as barren and heartless as all the blizzard is ironically but listen, I, I suppose if we dwell too much on this uh, for this particular episode, we'll just leave people depressed. And we do actually have uh, some good news to talk about. So we'll go to that in a second. But don't worry, we will provide you with more uh, updates on this uh, next week. Uh, but let's move on to New Worlds. Saib, you were just telling me about this uh, before we got started, uh, the New World beta. Aside from the fact that it seems to be bricking uh, people's 3090s, uh, it seems to be okay from what I understand? Just just as a reference for anybody who's running a graphics card, very expensive graphics card, you need to make sure that you're running it properly and having uncapped frame rates um, on, on an experimental program is really not good. I mean, just is, is really just a very, very bad idea in, in the most case, in most cases. Um, it is extremely, not good 
to put a machine into a situation where it can ramp up without a like imagine without a imagine ceiling. putting imagine putting an engine in your car and by stepping on the gas you will continue continuously accelerate from 1 to 500 miles an hour or more <laughs> and there's no throttle on it and there's no return back you might think oh that's awesome yeah you might think that until you enter i don't know this thing called traffic or a turn where the minute that you turn that wheel even a millimeter your vehicle's just going to tumble and explode in a fiery rage if you're going 350 miles an hour in a vehicle that that's essentially what you're doing to your uh, computer when you basically make you uncap everything and you just make it go as fast as you can with as much juice as you can you will literally allow it to tear itself apart now there is supposed to be drivers that that make sure that this doesn't happen they regulate internal temperature and tone things down or, or forcibly close whatever program you're running that, that's causing this for whatever reason the 3090s didn't have this um it hmm. didn't engage properly so this is actually not the game's fault uh the game is just the tool that made this happen the fault that it really is is the is what was supposed to be the governor basically in the vehicle uh i.e the card that would have prevented it from basically tearing itself apart and that did not um that did not fire off properly uh so again that's probably going to be an nvidia thing i think and the yeah. pro i i believe that i believe that well i mean any 3090 is still going to be under warranty right now unless you opened it up and did a bunch of other stuff to it and overclocked it and all <laughs> stuff. which again i mean you know my brother explained uh overclocking to me a long time ago it's like overclocking makes it so that you can take old things and make them faster and also slightly more flammable yeah so uh, it's one of those things where it's like yeah yeah you can you can do that if you want but be prepared to not have a computer tomorrow and <laughs> yes exactly i don't get it either it, and and you need to you know have that understanding the the thing that confuses me the most is is guys who will have their friend come over overclock their system like crazy and then like uncap everything and then run around and not expect things to explode i mean it's like it's like if if you know what you're doing great fine you know what you're doing you you probably have a temperature gauge you're probably monitoring things you probably have a, a little secondary window showing all your power usage and and internal heat cycles and all that kind of stuff but there's a point at which it's just too much and and again i this is mostly a software issue and mostly i believe a driver issue so I'm sure Nvidia will uh, will replace as many of those cards as they need to. Yeah. Provided they can make them. So yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Thank you for the clarification. Yeah. I wasn't sure if it was due to the GPU or to the game due to the game itself. But aside from that, how was your experience playing the beta? So right now, I would say that the beta is and the game in general is good. It it, it appears to be very good. It's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but it is it is offering a good uh, foundation for them to start off on. Uh, they had a lot of server problems, and I would I would not be saying this if all almost all of their server problems had pretty much gone away in the last week. Uh, uh, just a few days ago, I was logging in for essentially the last time because the lag was so bad that the game was unplayable the night before. 
And I was just going to like check out a couple more things, get ready to like, you know, give my rant on how they, they are running their servers on potatoes or something. Uh, maybe Jeff Bezos used all his uh, server money and his giant phallic looking rocket uh, to go to space. Maybe that was what he was doing with all that money. But no, actually, <laughs> right. turns out that, um, yeah, it's it's not actually that bad. Uh, they, they managed to fix almost all of those issues with the server essentially overnight. Um, wow. during that one patch. Now, obviously there were more issues and there were more restarts and there were other, they were, they were, it was a progressive thing that they were fixing, but yeah, just that one night, uh, logged on, on in that morning and the game was suddenly very playable. So started to get into it, experimented around, did a bunch of stuff and, and lo and behold, I'm, yeah, the, the, the game runs pretty decently. Now, is there a lot there? Is there a lot at end game? Um, I would say probably no. There's the the mobs are really stupid. They repeat all of their attacks based off of uh, a, 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 like a repeating script, so they don't even have the ability to do things differently. Is that unheard of in the industry? Absolutely not. That's the mm. industry standard. Uh, so there are things that they can do to change things up. This is not a next gen MMO. It is simply not a next gen MMO. It doesn't incorporate anything new. It doesn't incorporate any brand new technology, but it does feel like a very fun game of Skyrim, essentially. Huh. You're running around, you're mining, picking up everything that you can see. Not quite to that level, but fairly close. You, you obviously don't have object interaction like you do in Skyrim, but it's it, it kind of gives you that same kind of feel. And it's fairly fun. And the price tag, again, if this was an $80 game, I'd have, again, I'd have a really hard time uh, suggesting that you pick it up. If it had a subscription service, I'd be, again, really difficult for me to tell you to try it out. But the fact that it's 40 bucks, there is no subscription, and they have really walked back the store stuff, I think it's good. Like, that, that, that all leads into the feeling that it's actually a good game right now. Again, it's not, it's not a great game. It's just a decently okay game for its genre. Right mm -hmm. now, as far as new MMOs go... It's probably one of the better things that we we've have on the horizon, and um, of course, a game like this is going to be funner when you play with friends. So right. just bear that in mind that that um, solo play is pretty fun in this game, but where it really shines is big groups doing big activities all at the same time, all together. Now there is a little bit of a limited content there, other than the PvP, to do that stuff in. But again, they've fixed most of this stuff, most of the problems from a year ago, and they've added pretty much everything to the actual game that you're seeing as far as like, you know, interesting content has been made in less than a year. So I think that in about a year after launch, the game is going to look very different and it's potentially, it has the potential to be really rocking. Uh, you know, as, as most MMOs do need a, a ramp up time. I don't think this is something that you could necessarily throw like you know 40 hours a week into. Um, that's that's probably too crazy for most games. But I think that overall, you're looking at a pretty decent product, and it has a lot of room to grow. And if they can just keep ahead of that, then I think they've got a. They've, I think they may have a winner here. Um, but there's a lot of if ands and buts on this. So if you do not have the money, don't put it down on this. If you don't like crafting and running around gathering resources and dealing with weight systems and 
and dealing with PvP, not the game for you right now. Uh, hmm. Possibly in the future, but not definitely not right now. If you're if you if you like the aesthetic, um, pop in, give it a try. It's a it's a, like it's it's up until I think, I think the second or the third for the beta. You just pre-order it to get to get access to it, and then you know you give it a try. And if you don't like it, you probably refund. Right. Um, but overall, yeah, it's looking decent, and I am interested to see more. Well, that's terribly surprising because, as we know, Amazon has really needed uh, some sort of a hit when it comes to their games department. And to hear that from you, you know, somebody who's sort of like an MMO veteran, it's it's uh, it's really good to hear. And I imagine, given the state of World of Warcraft right now, people are going to be on the market looking for new MMOs. Do you think, like, as it is right now, and also, like, you take it into account how it might be in a year would you say that it would be able to compete with the likes of, let's say, uh, The Old Republic and Final Fantasy fourteen and stuff like that? If you're looking for straight-up content, obviously any game that's been out for years and years and years will have more of that. Sure, sure. I can tell you, I can tell you for sure right now that if you slap on a, 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 you know, a great hammer or a, a large great axe or a sword and a shield, this game feels more like Skyrim than Elder Scrolls Online does by far. Nice. By far. It feels like it. The armor, um, every piece of armor has weight to it. And when you put your armor on, your weight changes in in the system. So if you throw on a metal helmet, a big heavy metal helmet, but then you just throw on like, you know, pants and boots, and then you go around like a barbarian, you're still in the light armor category, hmm. you know? And and if you you know, and then you throw on more stuff, you can change things around. You can you can wear different things. You can really change it. And I and I hope they they evolve the system a little bit more. I'd like to see them introduce a um, a scale for for armor proficiency. The the weapon proficiency. If you pick up a sword and shield, and you start attacking with sword and shield, your sword and shield experience slow. starts to go up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you so start slow and then okay. Yeah, but, but I mean, you're you're leveling. You're not leveling. Like you're leveling yourself, but you're not leveling a class. You're leveling weapons, and then weapon combination. Yeah, I'd love to so. see that too. If if it is more so like feeling like the original Skyrim, and not so much like the way that Elder Scrolls Online reinterpreted that type of gameplay, that makes me excited because yeah. I do love the way that Skyrim plays. And when Elder Scrolls Online was going to come out, I was like, God, all you have to do is just give me Skyrim, but online. Right. And so if they're able to do that. It just brings me one closer to my my lifelong dream. Anyways, that that's encouraging to hear, Saib. I haven't really looked as much into this game lately, but thanks to what you just said, I'm going to probably do a little bit of more research into it tonight. Um, and so, piece of good news number one. Uh, I also got piece of good news number two. Uh, I've got to talk about Halo Infinite uh, before we close out the show today. So this is where I'm going to uh, go off on a little bit of a spiel. So some of you might not know, uh, you probably would have never suspected if uh, you follow me on my personal channel because a lot of the games that I tend to talk about there are very story heavy, uh, very like psychological, uh, deep, profound narratives. I love Halo. I love it to death. I've been playing it since before Halo 2 came out, so uh, around 2002. So almost 20 years I've been playing Halo. I love all of the games, with the exception of Halo 5, which I thought was a betrayal of the Halo identity in terms of both the campaign and also what they were trying to do with the multiplayer. 
Yeah, and yeah, that means I love Halo 4. Don't at me. Well, I mean, you can at me, but just be nice about it. Um, But honestly, ever since Halo 5 happened, I've been very, very skeptical and very worried about where 343 Industries was going to take the franchise with Halo Infinite. I was worried that they might keep trying to go down that route of trying to appeal to uh, a larger audience while basically just alienating their pre-existing audience. Uh, But also I was worried about them going in sort of the reverse where they're trying to preserve too much nostalgia without it, you know, properly advancing. I got to say... In this past week, they've been releasing uh, game footage from their flight testing. It's not exactly a beta. It's sort of what comes before the beta where they're trying to iron out all the bugs and they passed out codes to certain people online just to test out the game. And from the footage, it looks very encouraging. It looks like they did find the right balance in terms of look and feel between classic nostalgic Halo while also bringing it into the future. Uh, you know, I, I think I read somebody saying that Halo Infinite is sort of like Halo 3, but upgraded. Now, I'm not as big a fan of Halo 3 as everybody else is. I'm more of a Halo 2 and Halo uh, Halo Reach kind of guy. But, you know, Halo 3 is a fantastic game. And I'm sure by pursuing it that way, they're going to make a whole lot of people happy. And even though, you know, I do prefer those other games, I got to say what they have done by up dating the halo 3 gameplay you know bringing back equipment and all that it looks and feels great like i can tell just by watching the youtube footage everything feels a lot more precise and you know the sound design and the way the guns feel and then when you land a shot it looks like i it's hard to explain but it it looks like it feels great i can totally imagine myself pouring a whole lot of hours into uh, these 4v4 Team Slayer matches and just kicking everybody's ass with the battle rifle. Um, the assault rifle seems to be a lot more powerful than you know we tend to expect. Like anybody who's played Halo online, they know that if you're playing Team Slayer, it's always battle rifles all the time because the assault rifle kind of sucks. But it, it looks like the assault rifle will be a worthwhile gun to use this time around. Uh and also all the other guns you know the as i just said before the battle rifle got the pistol which looks and feels great uh they have a couple of new weapons sort of like an smg type weapon then this other covenant looking weapon that shoots uh these horizontal light blades and it looks kind of neat uh yeah it all it all looks pretty good um the graphics i know a lot of people were even now, like I saw people on Twitter saying, oh my God, the, the graphics update looks amazing. And then I look at it, it's like, it looks good. It's it's nothing to write home about. And then there are people that are saying like, oh God, you know, they, they should have spent more time on this. They, they clearly didn't listen to what we were saying last year when we said it looks like a bad Roblox mod. And it's like, no, no, it, it looks good. And it just, it got me frustrated because I never understood why people play halo for the graphics or expect halo to have the best graphics because it never did like even as far back as halo 2 that game wasn't the most beautiful game graphically speaking it people played it though because the mechanics and the flow of multiplayer matches was so archetypally good that it, it was the big thing then it was what people were playing before call of duty sort of took over and it looks like not only 
are they preserving that great gameplay and updating it with Halo Infinite? They're, they've also done a pretty good job with the graphics, so it's just an added little bit of a, a bit of a cherry on the top. So yeah, overall, based on the footage that I saw, I'm very encouraged as somebody who is a Halo fan. Uh, it's looking like Microsoft took this extra year seriously. You know, bringing back uh, the original writer of the Halo games to be the creative director Joseph Staden uh, on board. And then one last thing. People are saying that, oh, it's looking a little bit rough. Uh, there's so many bugs. Just keep in mind, uh, as I just said before, this isn't a beta. This is a flight test. The whole purpose of this is to get people to play it so they can identify as many bugs beforehand. And then the beta comes. And then there might be, ideally, one or two uh, big bugs that they can iron out before official release. So don't, you know... Don't worry too much about that. I imagine it's going to be taken care of. We still have a few months before release. Uh, now, I did go on a long spiel about that because, uh, Saib, I know that y you have a hard time playing FPSs, but I wanted Halo to get the four never <clears throat> Halo was never too bad, and it was because they worked on making the, the visuals as best as they could and as, like free as they could. I don't know if that's the correct term. They focused on making the game good, and that helped, That helps an enormous amount. It really does. And so, yeah, for the most part, um, it is definitely a, a better thing to have when you're working on stuff to, um, to have something that just is smooth instead of like pushing that, like, you know, the best graphics you've seen, they're so good, that mm. we have to run this on 10 FPS. Yay! It's like, obviously, that's not going to help. Right. You know, your your FOV slider is going to be at zero, but it's going to be the best visual thing you've seen in years. It's like, I, that, that's not actually good. Yeah. Like, it's not actually, that doesn't actually make a good game. Um, and so that that's kind of where, where it happens for me. Uh, so it really depends. So, yeah. I uh, well, I, I'm glad that. Like, did you see the footage? Did you? Um, happen I was to looking have... at it earlier, and again, it looks it looks decent. Um, you know, and and I'd like to see where they kind of get to. But for now, it's like eh, it's not looking too bad. Yeah, they, they I... have room to grow. Obviously, they got room to grow. Yeah, I, I too would like to see more. You know, I, I was burned pretty bad by Halo 5 and it's still July right now. So August, September, October, November. They, I imagine the game is going to release in December. You know, they did say a holiday 2021. So we have five more months. So they still have plenty of time to show us more stuff. I will, you know, maintain more of a wait and see attitude. But as a Halo fan and with just this little bit that we see right now, it seems like they're going in the right direction, and I hope that is the case. And that one holiday finally rolls around, I can completely waste my life playing this game, just like I did back in college, where I didn't do any work. I just played Halo Reach all day. God help me. All right. Well, that does it for us for this episode of the... Um, I Damn it, I almost said The Differently Wired Show. We haven't done that in a year, Max. What the hell's the matter with you? Thank you so much for tuning in to the Maximum News Show. Listen, if you want an audio version of this podcast, make sure to go into the description box below and check out my Patreon. Don't worry, you don't have to spend too much money on it. It costs only $1 Canadian a month to get the audio version of this podcast. That's less than a dollar American, and you can 
just download it right to your phone, your iPod, your Android, whatever you happen to listen to your podcasts on, and it helps support the show. It helps support the Disability Channel. Uh, also, I want to thank Saib, as always, for bringing his uh, passionate uh, views and insight into the world of gaming. Saib, do you want to just tell people very quickly where they can find you online? Follow me at uh, the Triple S League pretty much everywhere. Uh, I am the Triple S League. I run the channel with uh, with my significant other and um, uh, business partner, Ash. Uh, we've been friends for ages, so we make fun and funny you know, humorous content and we like uh we like doing you know interesting things and we also do everything from music to reporting uh groundbreaking news cycles yes they, they do a wonderful job over there guys i highly recommend you go watch them uh when is your next episode tomorrow morning we're gonna be uh sorry uh, saturday morning so that'll be uh i don't know that'll probably be after you you've heard this but mm-hmm. every saturday morning we do a uh live stream and we talk about the news, or we play games. Moon will do some drawing, some art. She'll sketch up something uh, that that has something to do with either what we're talking about, or maybe we'll she'll be doing something um, in relation to my book. Uh, so yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be doing stuff there. Tomorrow we'll be playing um, the last few days of uh, New World. We'll be streaming that tomorrow uh, for a couple hours, and uh, again tomorrow being probably after you're seeing this this go live. But every Saturday morning, we're going to be doing New World. Um, and yeah, so we're going to we're gonna see if we like the game. So we're going to see where it goes from, from there. Mm-hmm. He'll have the VODs up on the channel. And then you guys can just find me on all the various forms of social media, just at Max Derrett. My links will be in the description box as well. Thank you guys for tuning in again. And until we do this again next week, just want to remind you, as always and as per usual, stay yellow. <laughs>